Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. I'm here again today with Mandy and Judy, and we're looking at 1 Chronicles 29. Uh, basically what's going on here is we're continuing to see Solomon take on more of his role as the appointed king, but there is some drama. Uh, there's been drama throughout this whole situation. This whole family is sort of dramafied. Uh, but in this particular thing, Adonijah is going to basically declare himself the king, and we got to work out that whole situation. So as we're reading this thing, um, what did you guys notice? What do you think is compelling about what we're reading over here? Well, just as you set it up, I was kind of thinking, you know, I always think maybe my house, like my house is dramatic because it's four girls that live in the house. And that's a very like, you know, that's a stereotype and people hate that. I love it. But I'm reading this story about David and all his sons. And I have never seen so much drama. And do you know what? Remember Absalom? Remember that guy? You remember Amnon? Remember that guy? Uh, and now we have Ad- well AJ. We call him AJ for short, but Adonijah. And every single one of them, they are not disciplined by their dad. The king. The king. I just am having a hard time with this because David is awesome in so many ways, right? So, so Judy, you brought up this passage where he compels all these people to give willingly towards the temple. And it said his leadership, like his example, inspired other people to do the same. So cool. What an inspiration. And David, your home is a mess. Like your sons are just willy-nilly. Guys, what do we make of this? Judy, you better drop some truth bombs on us. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I wonder why. Like, he he just isn't doing his fatherly You're duties. so sweet to get curious. That's so nice of you and kind of you. Meanwhile, I'm like, David, get your household in order. <laughs> That's a great question. Like, I always wonder, what's the backstory of that? Again, this is why you're the care pastor. It's so nice. <laughs> but it, isn't it true, though, that, I mean, even for each of us, like, you can shine at work, but you can go to another setting, whether that's your home or your family of origin or whatever, and you can really have a hard time. And so as we read this, you know, I think it's easy to judge, maybe for me, not for Judy. She she just gets very compassionate. But um, you were saying, like, doesn't it bring you, doesn't it make you like David more? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, David's man after God's own heart and he's messing up all this stuff and God still has confidence in him. I know. And that brings you so much comfort. Well, I'm just thinking, well, when I mess up, guess what? Like God can still have confidence in me. He can still use me. He can still... Or when somebody else has messy stuff, like I can, I can reference that we, we don't have to be perfect. David wasn't perfect. Yeah, well, that's really good. Uh, this is this is a wild little story here because Adonijah is he's basically like David is super old. He's gonna die soon. Uh, Mandy pointed out to me before we turn this on. It, it actually <laughs> says David was now very old and no matter how blankets, co- how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. Yeah. And then I thought maybe he had a thyroid issue. <laughs> Mandy has diagnosed him. 
Um, I've also diagnosed him with a lot of other things, like some trauma, PTSD. There grief. you go. If you want to know the the therapist version of David, we've got this covered. Um, but Adonijah is basically not waiting around. He's going to take the throne. Um, what's interesting, I think we talked about a little bit, is when he decides to take the throne, he excludes some people on purpose. So Adonijah is definitely uh, acting out of his own will. He's not paying attention to what God's up to because God has already made a covenant with David that Solomon would be the king and that Solomon's reign would last forever. Uh, so Adonijah is not messing around. He's going to anoint himself. Uh, he's going to not take the prophet. He's like, I'm doing this on my own. I definitely don't want God's guy involved in this. Yeah. Like who I, and then I wonder who aren't we inviting to our stuff? Uh-huh. Like that should be like when I get this great idea, who's on my do not invite list? Just wondering. And a lot of times the people on our do not invite list are there because we know that they're going to call us out. <laughs> yes. That's what I was just thinking. I'm feeling highly convicted on this episode, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. like thinking of scenarios of when I think like, oh, this is a really good idea. Um, and then if my next thought is like, I don't probably have to like tell my best friend about it. Why wouldn't I tell my best friend about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that a little check? Yeah, 100%. Or a big check. It's a big check. It's a it's a gatekeeper situation, you know? So I think that's really um, a very profound point to point out that he left out all of the wise people. He was not interested in wisdom. He was not interested in making a great decision. He was interested in making his own decision. Yeah, he's like, let's do this. Let's do it quick. And I resonate with that on a deep level, if yeah. I'm being honest. Uh, there's there's two things I love about the story. The first thing is that Bathsheba is the one who makes sure this train gets back on the right tracks. So she goes to David and she's like, hey, David, could you pay attention for a hot second? Like, I get it. You're on your deathbed and, and you need more blankets and that whole bit. But this guy's not supposed to be the king. Now, part of it could be because she really wants her son to be the king. Of course. Uh, but I think a second part of it is she is actually concerned about that covenant that has been struck. Like, she she knows about this thing. She wants to see this seen through. Uh, and why that's important to me is that ultimately from that covenant with Solomon, with David, we get Jesus. Like we know that God is working out his redemptive plan, that Jesus is going to come through this line. And so here again, we get a story where a woman who is, I can't imagine that she's seen as awesome. Like she entered into this story. David like whisked her off the roof. David made sure her husband got murdered. Um, she, came into this story in a pretty messy way, but here she is being used by God, I think, to intervene in this situation. So we have God choosing to use a woman who could be fairly insignificant, um, drawn right into the center uh, to make sure uh, sovereignly that this thing plays out the way it's supposed to play out. And and she comes to talk to David twice um, just to ensure that this thing is going to get put back on track, which is, is pretty cool. Won't he do it? He's just going to be using everybody. Yeah. You know? this That's what this whole thing is. It's like there is never a moment so far where someone's story was like too messy that would derail what God wants to do. Yeah. And I love like these women that just keep showing up as integral parts of the story because they, they were not important people in that time at all. Um, and in God's story, they are. I love it. And, you know, I just think about God uses all our messy stuff. And not that there aren't there are consequences to our choices, but God still used Bathsheba 
to make this beautiful. And I, it kind of makes me want to like throw my hands up in surrender and say, oh my word, even though I'm not perfect, even though I make mistakes, even though I make messes, God can still take my stuff and weave it into a beautiful story. And again, not that I don't bear the consequences of my choices, Bathsheba did, but God still used her. And it it can create a confidence in me when, oh my word, I shouldn't have done that. But God, you know what? I surrender. Um, you know, I it it just I see redemption in this story. Mm-hmm. Definitely, there's redemption in this story in several different places. Uh, I said that Bathsheba was my one favorite part. My second favorite part. Um, if you've been around church for a bit, or if you're familiar with the Christian story at all, um, hopefully you're noticing that here is an instance of a new king riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, so David wants to ensure that Solomon is declared the rightful king, which is what happens. Uh, but at the center of that story, after he's declared the king, is that they throw him on a mule, is what it says in the NLT. They throw him on this mule. They parade him into Jerusalem. People are going nuts. I think it says that the ground actually shook at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, people, the, like there's this huge party, this enormous celebration, looking forward to the reign of Solomon, who enters Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Why is that important to us? It's why we hand out all those ridiculous palm branches on Sunday mornings before Easter. Uh, Jesus also declared himself king when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Sometimes we give people a hard time for not realizing that he was not a ruling, warring king. Um, I have a little bit of grace for them because all the people who did it before were ruling, warring kings. <laughs> so I don't know that they should be the they should be wrong for being confused. Um, I but, do love that you have grace for all those people, but not for King David. You know Ryan's what, David? Giving, forget that guy. No, Ryan, with every episode, more and more Ryan's like, really haven't. I mean, you have some thoughts. I think I actually made fun of him for needing blankets today. So it's, it's, <laughs> we're spiraling. You, you obviously aren't as, don't get as cold as I get. Yeah. Like, yeah. It could be. Cold. It You're could be. You're also obviously not the care pastor. <laughs> like, you need a blanket? All right, fine. Loser. Whatever. Uh, tomorrow, I think we're going to get some of David's last things. This guy, his, his time is going to be up soon. Uh, and then the whole narrative starts to shift to Solomon. So we're looking forward to going into this story further. Again, I love how much all this is threaded together, uh, where God is ultimately working to redeem all of us. Like that is what all of these stories are all about, how God relates to his people so that he can continue to seek and save the lost. It's very cool. It's awesome. So we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. Bye. It's Chronicles 29. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from 
Ophir, and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you gave us first. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees, and to do everything necessary to build this temple, for which I have made these preparations. Then David said to the whole assembly, Give praise to the Lord your God, and the entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the king. The next day they brought 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 male lambs as burnt offerings to the Lord. They also brought liquid offerings and many other sacrifices on behalf of all Israel. They feasted and drank in the Lord's presence with great joy that day. And again, they crowned David's son Solomon as their new king. They anointed him before the Lord as their leader, and they anointed Zadok the priest as priest. King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. So his advisors told him, Let us find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my lord. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm. So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she looked after the king and took care of him, but the king had no sexual relations with her. About that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. Adonijah took Joab, son of Zariah, and Abathar, the priest, into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become the king. But Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and David's personal bodyguard refused to support Adonijah. Adonijah went to the stone of Zahaleth near the spring of Enrogel, where he sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah— 
But he did not invite Nathan the prophet or Benaiah or the king's bodyguard or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Haven't you heard that Haggith's son, Adonijah, has made himself king and our Lord David doesn't even know about it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, My lord the king, didn't you make a vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? And while you are still talking with him, I will come and confirm everything you have said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you? He asked her. She replied, My lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But instead, Adonijah has made himself king, and my lord the king does not even know about it. He has sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited Abathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army, but he did not invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as my lord the king has died. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's officials told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Nathan asked, My lord the king, have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited the commanders of the army and Abathar the priest. They are feasting and drinking with him and shouting, Long live king Adonijah. But he did not invite me or Zadok the priest or Benaiah or your servant Solomon. Has my lord the king really done this without letting any of his officials know who should be the next king? King David responded, Call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king, and the king repeated his vow, As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground before the king and exclaimed, May my lord King David live forever. Then King David ordered, Call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehodiah. When they... When they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, Take Solomon and my officials down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my own mule. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here and he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Amen, Benaiah son of Jehodi replied. May the Lord, the God... The God of my Lord, the King, decree that it happen. And may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, my Lord, the King. And may he make Solomon's reign even greater than yours. So Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet, Benaiah, son of Jehodai, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gihon Spring and with Solomon riding on King David's own mule. There Zadok, the priest, took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. Then they sounded the ram's horn, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. And all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn, he asked, What's going on? Why is the city in such an uproar? And while he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abathar, the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonijah said to him, for you are a good man. You must have good news. Not at all, Jonathan replied. Our Lord King David has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him down to Gihon Spring with Zadok the priest. 
Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehodai, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zadok and Nathan have anointed him at Gion Spring as the new king. They have just returned, and the whole city is celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all the noise is about. What's more, Solomon What's more, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king, and all the royal officials have gone to King David and congratulated him, saying, May your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own, and may Solomon's reign be even greater than yours. Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed, and he said, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen a successor to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Then all of Adonijah's guests jumped up in panic from the banquet table and quickly scattered. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and grabbed onto the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar in fear and that he was pleading, Let King Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. Solomon replied, If he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched, but if he makes trouble, he will die. So King Solomon summoned Adonijah, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed respectfully before King Solomon, who dismissed him, saying, Go on Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.